Welcome to the Soccer <laughs> Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Yo, what's, what's up, Sebastian? What's up, man? Um, Crazy week in soccer. Yeah, let's dive in. Let's let's first dive in into uh, some Odessa news uh, from the world of because um, I don't think we talked about this when we recorded last Friday. We didn't talk about um, the all conference meeting that I had. Um, uh, not at least the results. Um, and then I went to the all state meeting on Sunday. So that was a fun way to celebrate my birthday. Um, but I, uh, um, got three, 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 uh, state accolades for Odessa, uh, or sorry, conference, two conference accolades and one state accolade. Um, uh, Aiden Conover, uh, first team all conference for blue hen fly day. Uh, he was ranked number 10 in the uh, in the conference. And then um, Jacob Wilsinski, uh, second team all-conference, ranked number eighth in the in the second team. So congratulations to them. Uh, very well-deserved uh, postseason awards for them. Um, and then within that meeting, uh, KP Kirsten, uh, who was my assistant coach for the boys, got assistant coach of the year for Fly Day. Uh, and then at the all conference or at the all state meeting, um, she got large school assistant coach of the year, and then uh, later on got assistant coach of the year for the entire state. You got to hit the button, man. What button? Oh, the which one is it? Was it D? No. Wait, hold on. Oh, I have this turned down. I think. Is it C? There you go. Yeah, hey, shout out to KP. Yeah, shout out to KP right there. There you go. Oh, you like that fade in, fade in, fade out? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to KP, man. Job well done. No, that's I mean, awesome. You've been there since... How long has she been at Odessa with the boys? This is her third year. Third year. So she's so been she, there for a while with them. She's so. been there since the first varsity year. So they know the... Pro- they've seen the progress. Yeah, I mean, I mean, ultimately, we, we had the best record um, in the program's history. I mean, obviously, it's a short history, but but... First, first time with a winning record and um, and heading in the right direction for sure. Um, and KP is obviously a huge part of that. Um, honestly, like I, like I said in the both in the conference and in the all state meeting, like she could have been sitting in that in those those two rooms um, without any single problem. Like she she enjoys coaching the boys team and she could easily be the head coach of the team. Um, part of it, I think, is just her schedule, her life, and and things like that. That don't necessarily allow it but um but she's she's 100 obviously more than capable and um as much as it, it's very similar to my relationship that i have with you when we coach together um the only difference between the head coach and the assistant coach is the fact that i have to do all the paperwork uh, yeah from- i haven't gotten any awards so i gotta step my game up yeah you gotta start you gotta- raise the bar yeah um but but outside of that that's i mean that's really the only difference i don't treat it any differently when we're on the field um you know i'll take the lead on some things she'll take the lead on some other things and then we kind of just go from there but we talk about everything together we we make all the decisions together so um so it's so it's a huge accomplishment um not only for her but i think the program i think it it's a it's a recognition for her and for for the, what the program has been able to do and accomplish and it puts us kind of on the map to a certain extent for, you know, we're not going to be, we're not going to be a school or program that's going to go under the radar. Um, we're going to be pretty much in your face. We're going to be a part of the community. We're going to be a part of the state. So um, just, you know, that's a, it's a huge step in the right direction. Um, and so big shout out to, to Kirsten for that. Does it come with a stipend? The assistant coach or the, the, or the, the, Words. the, the award, oh, does there a bonus? I mean, I, I I would ask for a raise and say, listen, I'm best assistant coach in Delaware. I mean, I mean granted, I I don't disagree with you. Um, the problem is we're bound by whatever the union contract says that we're allowed to get, or whatever it is that the Apple School District has uh has deemed it be the salary for the for the positions. So you know, not much I can do. Oh, you can advocate. 
I absolutely can. Yeah, I I have advocated actually. I've advocated for multi for adding one more position. I think, um, I think having three positions for for any soccer program is that enough? Um, now with the amount of players that we have and the amount of work that we would like to do, and and considering that you know n- coaches aren't just you know falling out of trees, um, so you want to be able to offer compensation for for the coaches that you do have come out um so if you only have the ability to pay three staff members altogether including the head coach um it becomes a lot harder to try to get somebody to commit to it um we've all been in positions obviously where we want to volunteer and do things like that but but that also comes with the with the ability to kind of come and go as you please to a certain extent um which makes it a little harder um, you know, if you wanted to do, you know, consistent goalkeeper sessions or, or things like that, it, it does become a lot harder. Um, so I do have to big, send a big shout out to Ty for for being our volunteer coach this year. She was she was awesome and she'll be she'll be on the girls staff with me um, fully um, in the spring. So I'm, I'm super excited to have her on board. But but that's that's the part of it. It's you know, it's I, I wish we had we had another coach that we could bring on board think that would be that would be um be a cool scenario i think there's potentials for what we could do with that other position whether it's an actual uh coach to be on the sideline with us or do we bring in like a strength and conditioning coach and you know you pay somebody to do that part of the the job fully you know and and come up with you know warm-ups and things like that so there's there's definitely different possibilities or different options that you could you could do and you can play around with if you had another position I think your boosters need to get to work, man, because you can have a team chef, team DJ. I mean, yeah, your um, Duck Sports page would be full of coaches. They'd be like, man. But you know what, though, I think I think we're getting to a point where we 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 do get to this point where, um, obviously, you know, we we have a lot of players across the state that play club soccer and then and then play high school soccer, and whether you know you're part of. MLS Academy or not, or, or, you know, wherever you fall within that, or, you know, just give up the ability to play club soccer or um, high school soccer to play club, which is obviously within everyone's, you know, ability to do. Um, I think within that, the players that, that end up turning that down and choosing to play high school soccer are the players that truly commit to the idea of playing high school soccer. I think we're potentially heading in a direction where, um, at least from my perspective, where I'm not trying to overshadow club by any stretch of the imagination. I think we can both live in the same world together. Um, I think it's a little easier on the boys side than it is on the girls side, just mostly because of the timing of the season. Um, but at the same time, I think we can start putting more emphasis on everything else outside of just putting cones on the field. That I think is beneficial to the players. I think I think the idea of uh, of sports psychology across the entire board I think is would be super helpful. Um, athletic training is obviously you know we uh, most schools have an athletic trainer. We currently don't have one full time, but we have people that cover games. Um, but but it would be great if we had somebody that from that standpoint. It would be great if we had a strength and conditioning coach for the entire school. You know, there's there's a lot that we can do from a sports perspective that that isn't just to isn't just for the idea of winning more games. Like that's ultimately the outcome of the process, but not the reason why we do it. And I think if we put some thought and effort into those two or three components, um, even if it was districts doing that, like I think it would be like. I think it would be extremely cool if you had a district sports nutritionist, for example, right? And then all of a sudden, huh? You do. What do you mean? You have a district dietitian. Yeah, but it's different. But I think it's different when like, but I'm talking about like meeting with the actual sports. Yeah, I mean, I think the tough part is you don't have, I mean, I think the tough part is you don't have like, Sure, for your fall sports, you have a bunch of kids, but for some of the sports, they don't always retain 
a group of kids for i'm thinking of like for example the track team like track team there's a lot of people that come and they go versus like basketball where like basketball you know who your core group of kids is yeah but i think you can build that but i think you can build that culture i think again like imagine if you either either per school or per per district get a sports psychologist that was able to on a yearly basis meet with every sport i don't know break on the amount of sports that we have by the number of weeks in the school year and um or the season and if you met two or three times per season with that sports psychologist yeah i think you're 10 15 years off into the future maybe maybe not maybe there's there's ways to to get into that i think we gotta, we gotta solve the teacher shortage before you start bringing in sports psychologists. No, I understand that, but I think it's also a different dynamic, right? You're recruiting, you're trying to bring in different people for that, right? Like, I don't disagree with you. There's a massive teacher shortage, and and we need to do more in that standpoint. But 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 they're they're different different pathways. I know, but I'm thinking of a district priority. Am I bringing in a sports psychologist or am I bringing in someone to cover this fourth period class? <laughs> but, but are you not bringing them in because of a lack of funds or just a lack of people that actually want to take the job? I'm bringing them in because I need somebody to cover this fourth period class. No, but that's what I'm saying. No, no, no. But that's what I'm saying. Like, are we not? I'm not saying let's take resources that would be allocated for teachers to do this. I'm saying let's take resources that or let's find the resources for it um so but i don't know that the teacher shortage is because i'm trying to bring in a sports psychologist yeah, but I, but it doesn't look good when you say oh yeah we're the odessa ducks we got a sports psychologist but you don't got nobody to cover fourth period i mean is the sports psychologist going to cover fourth period if not i mean hey you want to be a, they're going to be my first option and that's fine we all cover classes in our school because if the athletic director brings in a sports psychologist and I'm still looking for a teacher, I'm like, well, you could have your little sports psychologist cover this class. And I don't think that's a bad idea, though. Like, I genuinely don't think that that having a having a dual purpose person to have come in and and for example, let's just say you have them as two period. You either have two, call it two planning periods that have the flexibility to be to be sub coverage in the day and then the then then the afternoon so you still get your whatever seven and a half or whatever amount of hours we're supposed to work every day um you work them you just work them slightly later in the day and you do you know let's just say you did three hours during the school day and then three hours post school day so you're still doing you're still doing the same amount of work it should or the same amount of time as you shift it over a little bit I, I don't know. I think that there are there are there are positives to it. I think obviously again financially there's there's a big thing with it and everything else, and I can understand all that. But but if we're gonna ask students to commit to to playing a sport, and and we can all agree that high school sports don't do a good job um, outside of football because they only have one game a week. Um, don't do enough job of don't do a well a good enough job of prioritizing um health from us from the from a man of like workload that we put on the kids yeah we're asking them to train you know 10 hours a week um or or for instance you're asking them to train six hours a week and then the other four hours they're playing games all in the same week you know so there's there's a lot of last last night last night made me realize well i'm not a high school coach all right so let's let's get to that let's get to that yeah you you talked about your this season i want to talk about mine this season that's what i'm saying let's get to that oh well my my boys balled out kind of we had two games last weekend saturday and sunday saturday was a uh very back and forth game um beat salisbury three two go down go down a goal get a goal back Without another goal, score two goals, get the win. Okay. Um, and I felt really good after the win, partly because the second goal set, drew that up without having to draw that up. My okay. goalkeeper's on the field. I said, "Yo, can you throw a ball?" So yeah, I'm like, take this throw in real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Launches the ball in the box. We score a goal. I look over at the bench and said, "Man, I'm something good." Every time I draw a play, we score. I'm good. That's funny. 
<laughs> um, so we get the dub against Salisbury, but kind of overshadowed with some antics by some parents that you know, wanted to shout at one of my players. So um, we still totally can't figure that out. Yeah, I can't figure that part out, especially when the referee tells me, the assistant referee tells me they can't do anything to control the parents and the referee refuses to come talk to me. Um, can't have parents shouting at kids. Like, doesn't matter what what level. Doesn't matter what happened, to be honest. Doesn't matter what happened. Doesn't matter the level. Doesn't matter. What, like, you can't have parents shouting at kids. Like, just can't. It's just never going to end well. No. And, I, and there's only so much I could do outside of running across the field 70 yards away. It's literally on the furthest part of the field away from me. So it's, like, difficult for me to, like, manage my player without, like, running across the field during the game and saying, like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> Yeah, but got our three points. Um, but again, overshadowed by some some parents. And then uh, next week or the next day, we traveled to Northern Virginia. Disappointing draw, um, especially when you go up one nothing in the first two minutes, and chasing that second and that third goal right away to press and just play down to your opponent's level is not really good. Play yeah. down to the bottom table team and. Play down to their level, their style of play you, doesn't work. Yeah. So disappointing draw there. Um, kids are disappointed, but we had a good week of training. Had a couple kids come out to an ID session this week. Um, so looking to again add to the roster, build, build, build into a second team and improve because we're we're gonna make the jump. <laughs> I mean, I think that if you finish top three in your league and you were super competitive in the top three, because there could be some top threes where yeah, the top two, like top two, really were good. Yeah. And the top three, I would say, were the easily the best three teams. Um, so we'll we'll finish. We're guaranteed to finish top three. Um, it really just depends on the result of the of the team that's currently in third. They've got three more games to play. The top two teams are done. So okay, if they pick up points, they win all three of their games. I think we'll drop to third, and we'll be a point or two behind them just because we. Yeah. We drew two matches and dropped some points, but we're going to move up to Tier 4. Look to continue to compete. I mean, I think that makes the most sense, right? Like, hey, you had a dominant season. You lost one game, tied two games, won the rest of your games out of eight. So out of, you know, eight games, you got three points in five of them, pick up two draws, yeah, one loss. But we'll go on. And we're in Colombia. At two tournaments, this is a new, this is a first for me. <laughs> Um, two tournaments in two states at the same time. Two tournaments, two states, two different teams uh, at the same time. So tonight I got I got a matchup at the Proving Grounds with the high school girls. So so it'll be their first uh, tournament of the season. So I'll be up at the Proving Grounds tonight at seven. Yep. Um, and then tomorrow morning I'll be riding over to Maryland with my uh, 2010 boys at nine fifteen, kicking off there. And I got some little downtime there. Unfortunately, I won't be able to do the 2010 boys' second game. Okay. Because I'll be going back to Pennsylvania for the high school girls' second game. That's... So they play at 5.30. Shout out to Zach for covering my game. <laughs> um, And then I'm going to stay overnight in Maryland because of the Bay Bridge run. One one of the one of the uh, bridges are going to shut down. So... It'll be shut down from six to two. So, like, there's going to be massive backups. Yeah. So, I'm going to stay over in Maryland and then uh, chase this DFA championship um, Sunday morning. So, hopefully. There you go. It's a result or die for the first game. So, it's all going to be there for the first game for the boys. Like, either win or might as well forfeit the rest of the tournament because <laughs> we're, coming, we're coming back DFA champions. <laughs> First ones in history. There you go, man. I would say the same thing for the girls, but there's no championship at a showcase. Okay. Just show you just showcase, right? You just yeah. Just go out there and showcase. But for the boys, yeah, y'all still y'all still out here competing. We going for this chip. uh, (laughs) There you go. That'll be fun though. That way they can even feel field after me. The Dwayne Henry Trophy Room. Yeah, I mean, you got a bunch right behind you, so you just keep adding to that, right? Yeah, I mean, if I when I do get this trophy this weekend, I will have to build a shelf. Okay. Because uh, it's getting kind of crowded over there. 
It's too much. Too much. Too much. Um, it all started in 2020, though. Yeah. Um. All right. So where'd you go yesterday? Yesterday, man, I went down, got invited by a fellow alumnus uh, to come down and watch Dover High play Cape in their uh, first round playoff game, a one versus eight seed matchup. Do you have to play for a ticket? That's my. That's the number one question. Man, I try to go on the VIP list, but I got down there late. I got down there like twenty minutes into the game, so I don't know if I. Uh, it's kind of awkward to be like, "Yo, I'm on the list," and just roll into the bench. Especially at the state tournament, where like things are a little bit more controlled, yeah, you got people yeah. over there monitoring. Yeah, I did. I was told I had a sideline pass, though. Oh, okay. But uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get there prior to. I mean, I'm pretty sure if I got there earlier, I'd be on the sideline. Yeah, but I did have some some insider info going back and forth from the from the touch. I did have a touchline reporter. Touchline reporter, look at you. Yeah, giving in, giving us uh, updates. It was like a, it was like the MLS All Star Game, miking up the ref, <laughs> getting live updates. But yeah, I saw that game. Um, really good game. I mean, both teams were in control of moments of the game. Okay. And then both teams struggled in certain moments of the game where the other team was was uh, playing. I know Cape parked the bus really early. They parked the bus with like 15 minutes left in the game. In a one nothing game. Um, stopped chasing that second goal. Had like six guys back. Give up a free kick. And Caleb Nobles, man, hit a knuckle shot. We're sitting there like, yeah, he can hit this. I'm like, oh, yeah, he can hit this. I was like. All we're waiting for is the ball to hit the back of the net. It's a nice shot. Yeah. Hits the back of the net, ties it up 1-1. And then both teams kind of just were playing for overtime. Dover definitely uh, put their foot on the gas. Yeah, the first overtime, I thought they were going to end it in the first two minutes. Um, Just because they were shooting everything, yo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They went out there off the kickoff, went forward, and anything that looked like it needed to be shot was getting shot. Like they were just like, listen. But you and I don't know why that is, right? Yeah, you might as well end the game on a banger. Not even that. I just think you, it's, I think it's just a mentality of making sure you kill the possession. Yeah. You don't want to give up a transitional moment, right? Yeah, they were wanna... out there shooting like Sebastian. That's what I'm saying though. Like I think I think ball's getting sense. dropped from a drone 50 feet in the air and they're trying to volley that and then it's like it was crazy. Yeah, but I think it makes sense though. So, I feel like it's a good thing if you're good. Just just make sure that you don't you don't give up a um transition moment. Yeah. I mean there were a lot of time I'll say this, there were a lot of timeouts um in that game. Okay, that was, that was a game that I'm like, yo, if I was a coach and there were that many timeouts, TV timeouts, I'd be out like, yeah, I would have won the game. I'm, TV I'm timeouts. A lot of a lot of Cape players are cramping up. I'm like, man, what you guys have for lunch? <laughs> what did you like? Seriously, it comes down to what we were talking about nutrition. Like, nutrition, right? Yeah, we did talk. There about were that. a lot of cramps during that game. So these players just I'm taking care of the body. It's like. Dover had one guy cramp up. Yeah. And again, like he was putting in shift. Like that's that's what you expect. But like yeah. there were multiple players from Cape. But yeah, the game goes into PKs and um for us soccer guys, we don't know really know the high school rules. We uh learned a lot about penalty kicks in high school soccer. And I don't know that too many people around the state. No, no clue. No, the rules. Because I'll tell you this. The assistant, I was standing next to two assistant coaches that coached high school. And they had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I definitely had no idea what was going on. I'm standing next to high school players <laughs> who had no, from two different high schools, maybe like three different high schools who had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Um, Even the players on the field had no idea what was going on. Um. So there's a lot of confusion with the penalty kicks. I mean, everybody's used to the traditional best of five and then sudden death after five if they're tied. Um, and the 11 players on the field at the end of the game have to take the penalty kicks. Yeah. Um, for high school, 
only five players step out onto the field, and it could be any of the five players on the team. Yeah. Step out onto the field to take penalty kicks. If you don't win in the first five, if you don't best the other team, then you retake, you go to a second round and retake your five. But then you just switch the order. Or you flip who shoots first. You just flip who shoots first. Like you flip who what team shoots first, but the same the same order. It's the same order. And then if it's tied after that, which it was, it goes into a third round where it's sudden death. But the same five guys. But the same five guys. So there were there were two guys that had to take three penalties. That's insane. And that's like that's wild because you know you go up there with the intention of taking one. Maybe if it goes after eleven, you take a second one. But to take three, I'd like to know what the rationale is. Because my thought was like mentally, I was like, "There's no way I could take three PKs." That's what I'm saying. Like, what's the rationale? Like three PKs and make all three PKs in a span of. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, what the, what the, what the point of this is. Because it's not really, there's not a, it's not a question of, is it fair? Um, Because, I mean, the only, the only argument you could make in theory would be it's high school soccer. So, you know, do you put, do you put all 11 kids available to, to kick a ball? And the, the way I look at it is if you're a playoff team, you should have eleven kids that can kick a ball. Yeah, or you, or you sub in. You know, you make a sub at the last. Well, no. Remember, you can put in whoever you want. Right. But so you, you should have eleven. In. You should have eleven bodies that can kick a soccer ball into a net, or at least have the ability to kick a soccer ball into a net. Well, that's what I'm saying. But you also, well, yeah, you could pick because keep had a player that went off with cramps. Who yeah. took a penalty. But that's an NFHS rule. You can. That's a, not a DIAA rule. That's a that's a an FHS rule. I think from a DIAA perspective, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Um, Question the rule for you. Yeah. So foul right before the end of the second overtime. Yes. And shooting range and the attacking third. Yeah. Referee stops the clock. Stops the game. Stops the clock. Like signals that he stopped the clock. Okay. Stops the clock. Puts the X up. Okay. Game. To mark off the ten yards, like there was not a single free kick last night that was had the ability to be taken quick because he stopped the clock every time to mark off the ten yards. Okay. And then blows to end the game, so he stopped the clock, did not allow Dover to take this free kick. Like even if there was a like in college, there was a countdown that was like ten, nine, eight, seven. Right. If you stop the clock, you the referee has to restart the game. Has to restart, and there's a motion for that. There's a hand motion of like you winding your your arm down. Yeah, that starts the clock, but you don't start the clock until the ball is in play. Ball never, never. Ball was not touched. Actually, did the referee blow the whistle for the free kick to be taken? No. Hmm. So, stops the clock. Yeah, because I could I could understand if like, there was let's just say it was three seconds left, for example, and the moment he blows the whistle to start to like that, meaning that the 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 kick can be taken at and that point. One, two, three, game's over. Game's over in theory because it's a countdown. No, there was he stopped the clock, set up, moved the wall back, but did not allow the game. I would be pretty upset if that happened. So that that's what led to the PKs because you're at you're, they're probably on the twenty yard line I think, okay, twenty twenty five yard line. Free kick, you and know you, it's right there at the end of the thirty five yard free kick. Okay, and you, you've already had one get scored from that range already that that night. Yeah, that's true. And actually, I didn't see Cape's first goal, but I heard that one was a laser from pretty far out too. Okay, so you've had two long distance goals get scored. Like there were no. Tap ins, Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> never let, never lets the play restart. Yeah, that's. I would be pretty upset if that happened. 
because then you don't even get to the PKs. I mean, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but at least, you know, it just. Unless I'm putting the shooter out there. I just, I just, I just think it's silly, like, to not let that happen. Um, although I have seen it before where this happened um, where I grew up, not in the high school that I went to because I didn't have sports in my high school, but there was another high school um, that in the, I don't think it was a state championship, but it was, might have been the state semifinals or quarterfinals, something like that. The referee blew the whistle mid shot, like ball was in the air and the referee blew the whistle and the ball went in. To like tie a game or something like that, and it was in the August Cup before. Like that was that was pretty bad. Yeah, happened to me at the August Cup. Mind you, I don't score a lot of goals. Yeah, that was that was one of the things that sit with me. <laughs> this like, is you as a player, huh? Me as a player, shot the ball. I mean, the clock was winding down. Blows the whistle. Ball goes into the goal. Yeah. Like, oh, well, like ball was in the air when I shot it. Yeah, maybe he knew I wasn't a shooter. <laughs> I, I can still visualize the field. That's funny. Um, I'm not a goal scorer. Took away, it robbed me from a goal in my career. I could have changed the trajectory. That could have changed everything. All right, so um, so Cape <laughs> Cape goes to play um, Charter, who beat Sussex Central three nothing. Um, so Wilmington Charter making two trips back to back. Must 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 like they should have just again very much like Tower Hill, just stay down there. Um, and then that's why they used to put people at neutral sites like that game, that Dover Cape game when it got played at Milford. This uh Cape, even though it's not, I mean it's twenty minutes closer. Cape Charter would probably got played in maybe Dover, Smyrna, or Smyrna. Yeah. So Cape Charter uh, will be on Tuesday at 6.30. And then on the other side of the bracket, uh, Del Castle beating St. George's 4 nothing, and Sally's with a massive commanding win over Milford 9 nothing. It was... I watched part of that game. Yeah, it wasn't close. Play Sally's. Uh, so Del Castle plays Sally's. Sally, there's something different about Sally's when it comes to tournaments. No, I mean, for sure. I mean, I think at this point, the interesting part is that, I mean, outside of a, um, outside of a, because the final last year was, um, let me, let me check because I, I think I have a vague memory of this. Yeah, this, the, the final last year was, uh, was Sally's against, uh, charter um so i mean it's potentially had it, there is a possibility that it's heading that direction obviously um i don't think the two schools met each other this year in the regular season um they didn't oh they did wilmington charter lost two nothing in the regular season um to them um sally's did not play uh cape during the regular season so Actually, they used to play them first. They used to play them a long, long time ago. They would make a trip and play Cape and IR in the same weekend. The interesting thing about Wilmington Charter that I think is a very similar to Cape, they've won a lot of games, but a lot of the games have been a lot closer than than maybe should have been. Like they only beat CR 2-1, lost to Sally's 2-0, only beat Conrad 4-2. Um, and it was Two nothing in the first half and two two in the second half. Um, uh, only be careful. Two nothing. Um, Not a goal scoring team to keep it compact. No, I mean they scored a decent amount of goals. They've scored pretty much outside of the Sally's game. They scored in every game. They lost three to two to uh, Del Castle. Yeah, but I'm saying like all of them say two. Like they're not going to sit here. Like you say, hey, they only beat them two nothing. They're not going. They're not a six goal. They're not a six. No, I mean, if even against Middletown, they beat them seven nothing, but it was one nothing at half. So it's 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 definitely a team that that I think might show some vulnerability, considering which is interesting, considering they have um one of the best defenders in the in the state or two of the best defenders in the state. So um, 
So that that's the interesting part to me. Um, so it'll definitely be an interesting. Um, I think this this Cape um, Wilmington Charter matchup will be definitely interesting. Um, Del Castle Sally's. I, I don't know. That one's going to be. I I don't know that. To be honest with you, I don't. I just don't know that Del Castle can. I mean, they might be able to. I just don't know that they can. Hey, you got to keep it compact. Keep it zero zero one one as close as possible, and then sneak one in. Yeah, as uh, as easy as that sounds, right? Hey, I mean, they have a decent goalkeeper, and they have one of the best forwards in the state too. So, so Del Castle definitely has their. Part I think that the fact that it's getting played at Caravel is a different story for, for <laughs> Del Castle. I think Del Castle is super strong at home. Um, no lights. Yeah, but they don't have any lights, right? So they they beat St. St. George's for nothing. But I think that's a big part of it is is uh, is playing at home is a huge thing for them. Um, yeah, well, so you might call some belt rentals or rentals and. Uh... <laughs> Get some lights. Let's get some lights out. Light up Del Castle's field. Um, Del Castle needs to call their alumni. There you go. Um, and then in uh, in the Division Two tournament, uh, Del Mar uh, lost to three to two in overtime to Tower Hill. So Tower Hill will head over to SAS. So they'll you know they might as well just stay down there too. Uh, River beat Newark Charter three nothing. So they'll play Brandywine. Which I think will be an interesting game. Um, I don't know those two. Figure out a couple of those goals were scored in that game. No. What? What did you? Goalkeeper error. On the newer charter side. Interesting. Yep. Very interesting. That is extremely interesting. Hmm. Okay. Things happen. Uh yeah, Brandy Wine did not play um in the River in the regular season this year. So that'll definitely be an interesting thing. But but Brandy Wine also only lost to Cape two to one and only lost to Del Castle three to two. So definitely a team that's that's a strong team, um, for sure. But it's also a team that only beat Mount Pleasant one nothing. So <coughs> who knows? Up is down and down is up in the state sometimes. Uh one kicks the ball and the goal. Most times, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm just sitting there, I'm looking at Cape's goals. I'm like, dude, your goals are in, like, they look like they got the goals from Shooty Park, they're ancient. <laughs> like, this is a nice school, nice tax bracket. You got you got the president of the United States who has a vacation home in your area. You guys got goals that look like Shooty <laughs> Park. You know what we did realize? Uh, actually, we had this conversation the other day. We realized that uh, we are the the Odessa girls team is playing. Um, we're playing St. Andrews. Yeah. Uh, on Grandparents Day. So are all the grandparents from St. Andrews coming? Right, but there's there's one particular grandparent <laughs> that kind of closes the entire state down when he comes. Oh. So we we're talking about that. That might be that might be something that actually happens. I'm not entirely sure if his yeah, granddaughter or granddaughter yeah, schedule. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, but that would be an interesting dynamic if that's if that was happening in the middle of our game. Well, you would have to. Um, I'm pretty sure you would have to get G17 classified to even be on the sideline of you. Might put on a suit for that one. Yeah, I ain't coaching the suit. No, I'm not coaching the suit either. But uh, that'll be fun. So, uh, so yeah. So, Brandy Wine will play in the river. Let's go, Brandon. Sure. <laughs> you can't do that either. Um, uh, Brandy Wine will actually play River at Caravel. Um, yeah. Not entirely sure why, because Brandy Wine does have lights. Their field's just not very good. Um, sure. So, uh, yeah, could be that. Actually, that's probably right. Um, then you have Conrad beating Concord two to one, and they'll play Wilmington Friends, and that'll be uh at one o'clock on Saturday. So that'll be tomorrow at one. And then um 
And then you have St. Mark's who beat Archmere 4 nothing, and they'll play Caravel uh, tomorrow at 7.30 at Caravel. So it'll be a nice little double header right around the corner from my house. Brandywine Indian River and then St. Mark's against Caravel tomorrow night. So I don't know, man. I might make that trip. You want to walk there? I could. I mean, I could walk there. Parking might be a little tight. It might actually be easier for me to walk than it would be to drive. Yeah, because parking's going to be tight. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, definitely interesting stuff tomorrow um, in the state. Um, all right. I want to talk about the MLS playoffs because there's been some things that obviously have been decided. Um, the, like the union having like a two week layoff. Yeah. Jeez. Um, let's let's go do Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. A week off of training. Yeah. Uh, so the union beat um New England Revolution in New England, which I thought was uh was cool. That was good. Um, I saw, I watched it. Like I literally turned it on, like right when the when the goal happened. I think it also helped that New England had a player get sent off right at the beginning of the game. Or sorry, sorry, in the first in the first half. He stomped that man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I think that helped the Union. Obviously, if if New England's playing down with uh with ten players, so that definitely helps. Um, and then you have um. Let me pull it up here. Um, so then the your knockout. Oh goodness, what happened to all my like this is this is crazy. Like um, so, New England will play uh, Cincinnati. Um, so no more, um, no more home games potentially. <laughs> well, the, they would have to beat Cincinnati, and then something drastic would have to happen that the two and the three couldn't host a game. Uh, yeah. So I mean, Orlando would have to lose to Nashville, which I think they. I don't know. Yeah, they. Yeah, no, they won both. So never mind that. That series is done. So Orlando's through. Possible. That's a possible. Super shit. Super part might be shut down. I think. I think that's done. I think it's done. Um, we do have a third game between Salt Lake and Houston. Um, when we will have a third game between Atlanta and Columbus. That that much I do know. Um, well, if Atlanta beats Columbus, if Atlanta beats Columbus. Yeah, that could be that could be the other the other way. Yeah. Um, and then you have shut down yet, boys? Yeah. Um, and then there is a re there is a third game between Seattle and FC Dallas. Ooh, Dallas out here struggling, huh? Uh, I mean, Dallas Dallas won at home 3 1. Wasn't Dallas the first team to beat Messi? No. No? No. No, I don't think so. Whatever. Uh, I think it was Atlanta. Atlanta was. No. I yeah. No, it was Atlanta. Um, so, yeah, actually, Messi is going to be playing tonight. Uh, they're playing a friendly against NYCFC. At eight o'clock. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're playing. They're playing a friendly tonight. Eight yeah, o'clock. Uh, I don't think they're broadcasting it, but it is happening at at the Pink Stadium. I think this is before. I think this is before Miami uh, goes on their China trip because they're going to China the week after. Yeah. So if Atlanta won, if Atlanta beats Columbus. If Atlanta beats Columbus. And Philly beats Cincinnati. Yes. Conference finals and Philly. Well, no. Atlanta would have to beat Orlando. After Orla- Orla- oh, sorry. They'd have to beat Orlando. Yeah, they'd have to beat Orlando. Atlanta needs to get hot. So, yeah. <laughs> hot Atlanta. Uh, oh, so, there you go. Yeah, you like that one, right? Um, so, yeah. So, Orlando would have to be, would have to lose to Atlanta. Atlanta, well, first Atlanta would have to beat Columbus. Goodness gracious, this is a disaster. It's crazy, but yeah, who knows? I don't know. Atlanta, just you know, Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. The interesting um, part here on the Western Conference is Sporting Kansas City came in from the playing game. And they lost. So, yeah, they, no, sorry, they beat St. Louis. 
They come in from the playing game where they didn't score a goal. And they come yeah. out and smoke St. Louis in the first game 4-1. And then you, six goals in two games. Yeah. Then you be yeah, that's crazy. That's that's kind of bananas. Um and then uh LAFC is also through uh winning five two in the first game and then beating Vancouver away in the second game. Um so a lot of good times in the MLS. Um, also starting yesterday, uh, it actually started yesterday, was the U-17 World Cup, which hasn't been held in four years. And the U-17 World Cup, much very much like the other 20 World Cup, to every two-year tournament. Um, and because of COVID, they, they didn't have it. So uh, it's being held in Indonesia, which wasn't that, wasn't it the country where the where 20 World Cup was supposed to be? Yeah. So now, now I think we're. I think I think Indonesia is good. Politically, politically, Indonesia cleaned some things up. I, I guess in the last six months, maybe. Um. So the U.S. I wanted to go through the U.S. roster real quick with you. Um. A lot of Florida players that don't play in Florida. Um. So a lot of players that play for the Rapids and and some different different uh, teams. Um. Got a couple different uh, players from out of the country that are coming in uh, that are currently playing in Germany. So, for example, uh, Aiden Harangi is coming in. He plays at Frankfurt. Uh, he's from Virginia. Um, and then you also have uh, Pedro Soma, who plays for uh, UE Cornella in Spain, but he's from Coconut Creek. Um. Then you have Paulo Rudisil, who is not with a club technically right now. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Which is an interesting one. Um, <laughs> then you have Carol Figueroa, who is plays at Liverpool right now, and he's was he was actually born in England. Um, so but he's he's gonna be playing for the United States. Dude, shout um, to David Vasquez, man, playing for the Union from LA. Yeah, he's the only Union player, I believe. Um Actually, no. There might be two, I think, and he's on the he's the only he's the only one, right? There's a reserve. There was a reserve that um, uh, Sal Olivas was uh, was one of the reserves as well that was going to train um, with the team before the tournament. So, so the U.S. will actually kick off tomorrow at 7 a.m. against South Korea. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to watching Argentina play tomorrow. Um, Sorry, the U.S. will kick off on Sunday. Argentina plays tomorrow against Senegal. Um, the interesting thing about the um, the World Cup, the the U seventeen World Cup, it's only twenty four teams. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it's got to do with your infrastructure, with your teams. And- yeah, so it's only six groups, but it's Morocco, Ecuador, Indonesia, and Panama. That's Group A. Mali, Spain, Canada, and Uzbekistan is Group B. Which is the interesting thing, I think, about the U-17 and the U-20 World Cup. You have countries that make it that normally after that don't make it. Don't make it. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's, it's about the infrastructure. Like these te- these clubs have, or these countries have the infrastructure to support the younger age groups. Not the older. Maybe ones. necessarily don't have the money to, to put in a full national team. Yeah. Um, you can still take out the garbage and go coach the... Or, or, or what you may end up having, having happen is... These these are players that are maybe playing in other countries that then end up getting citizenship, and then by the time they actually get to the senior team, they end up choosing to play for another country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, group C: Brazil. This is a good group, actually. Brazil, England, Iran, and uh, here's one that that I don't even know where this is: New Caledonia. New Caledonia. Yeah. New Caledonia is an island this might be where i move i think we're gonna have to go here doing new caledonia is an island off the west coast or the east coast of australia oh australia close to fiji and close to the solomon islands so i mean it's it's north of new zealand um i i mean I'm telling you, Dwayne, I think this might be our new home. Yeah, right at the, the 2006 World Cup, everybody had babies. I guess. <laughs> and um, we're going to get some poopers. 
We got yeah. some oh sevens out here that can hoop. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I'm excited for uh for for New Caledonia. Like New Jersey. What I'm trying to figure out is where old Caledonia is. <laughs> I'm serious. Like it's New Caledonia, but what happened to Old Caledonia? What happened to Old Hampshire? New Hampshire. Where, where, New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, like where is uh where's old where's Caledonia in general? We but, know where we, <laughs> I'm thinking the only the only thing I could know where the, the new and the old is is New Mexico and old Mexico. They're right next to each other. True. They kept it uh, easy on that one. Um, but yeah, New Caledonia. Uh also I think it's maybe the size of Delaware. Based on the, it might actually be smaller, um, but it's actually a French territory. Oh, so that's what happens. They all go play for France. Yeah, France says, "All right, come on, come on in, Hoopers." Uh, so it's known for its palm-lined beaches and marine life-rich lagoon. Oh, these are where all the millionaires from France just go and work, and then their kids go into the yeah. Nest they have a massive. They have a massive barrier reef. So that's that. That's why you see the major teams. scuba diving destination. That's why you have teams disappear when they go to the World Cup. So France, basically. Oh, look at this! The capital, uh, Numea, is home to French-influenced restaurants and luxury boutiques selling Paris Parisian fashions. Yeah, we might be priced out of that one, man. Yeah, <laughs> France, France just has different player pools set up. They got their player pool, they got their territories player pool, and then they bring them all in. And that's yeah. why they're winning World Cup. So the U.S. has to do it better. We gotta, we gotta get Puerto Rico going. Guam, <laughs> Guam. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get, we gotta Virgin get Virgin Islands, Virgin Islands. We gotta get our territories. We gotta get some. We gotta start farming some players out. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're not competing for a World Cup. We're not farming our players out to these different. So that way they're playing in these events. Yeah. So New Caledonia is in a really tough group. Then you got Argentina, Japan, Poland, and Senegal. And I'll talk about Poland here in a couple of minutes. Um, then you got Burkina Faso, um, France, South Korea, and United States. And then what I think could actually be the group of death here, Germany, Mexico, New Zealand, Venezuela. Yeah, it's a tough group. It's a tough group. Consider Mexico super strong in the under 17 and under 19s, usually. Not strong. Yeah. Because the United States are stealing their players. <laughs> Dos Acero. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, all right. And then the last thing I wanted to talk to you about was I watched two movies yesterday. You have uh, a lot of time on your hands. Well, I watched one. I watched one. I watched one with the kids, and then I watched one when I went to bed. Um, two about soccer, and I wanted to talk to you because they're both completely polar opposite movies. But um, I did. I watched Airbud World Pup. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Airbud World Pup. Man. So here's here's the cool thing about Airbud Airbud World Pup that I thought was interesting. You know who put a ton of money in Airbud World Pup? Like a player. Admiral. Who? Admiral. Oh, like the soccer company. Like the brand Ar- Admiral. Major sponsors of uh of Airbud World Pup. Like all the all the all the uh oh, all the jerseys for the strikers uh, were uh, Admiral jerseys. And they made sure to show that logo multiple times. Um, so that was number one thing that stood out. Number two, um Brianna Scurry. Is on the is in the is in the movie. Oh, stop. And so is Brandy Chastain. Oh, really? And not only that, I never, I don't remember, I don't remember this, but the the end. Spoiler alert: uh, twenty three years later, but uh, the end credit scene or the ending, the the last scene of the movie is uh, they're showing the United States in the nineteen ninety nine World Cup. Right, going into PK shootouts, um, and uh, Brian Iscari gets hurt, and who does the United States sub in? Airbud <laughs> to be the goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, they were. Which at that point it lost me. I was like, listen, you had me before this, because this guy was running around, he was scoring goals. Yeah, the pup was was you know. He had puppies. He was a working dad. You know, he's doing it all. He was playing. He was playing while he had a, while he had like seven kids. Um, 
and then you and then somehow he ends up in the women's world cup like as a backup goalkeeper like that's that's everybody girl or boy it's it's a boy (laughs) so that's the part i still confuse me even more oh man the critics are about to the critics are about to cancel airbud i think airbud might need to be i don't know uh that was it was a i didn't think about the air bay yeah yeah, I don't I don't know. I think it was uh it was a weird it was a weird ending to the movie. I was like, wait, what what just happened? Um so yeah, so big admiral uh support there for sure. Um to the soccer movies this week. Um and then here's the second one I watched, which I do recommend for you to watch. Um I don't know that I recommend Air Bud, but uh but for sure the second one. Second one was a documentary. Uh it's actually somewhat old at this point because it's back from 2018 or 2019, but it was released in 2021. It's called Hood River. Um, and it's a documentary about Hood River High School, which Hood River High School is in Oregon. Um, and just to give some people some context. Oregon or old Oregon? That's New Oregon. Okay. Uh, where Hood River is. It's in it's east of Portland, right on the border between Portland and Washington State. Literally in the middle of nowhere. Right on the Hood River. Like right literally on the Hood River. Um, well, it's actually the it's actually called the Columbia River, not the Hood River. So I'm not entirely sure why the town's called Hood River, but the, the town's called Hood River. <laughs> it's the but, Hood River, man. But it's an interesting, it's a definitely super interesting um, documentary because so it talks about there's a, they have a big Mexican population in their high school. Um, so it's the balance between all the Mexican kids and they talk about a lot of their families and and one of the kids, his dad gets deported and and so he's dealing with that and they talk about the, the I mean, the, let's call it what it is the white kids are uh in that relationship that they have with each other um while they're trying to play uh soccer so it's it's a definitely an interesting it's interesting from a high school soccer perspective um i think it's a cool documentary from a team dynamic perspective on how to talk to each other i thought that was i don't know that how how relevant it is it's it's relevant but it's it's lost some of it i think after post covid um a little bit but uh but i think overall um it was i think it was, it was actually worth the watch um i wish i wish uh, somebody i wish streaming somebody, series or which streaming platform hbo max or max or whatever it's called now max yeah you gotta get that max app hbo max app they just canceled it they're like nah new app who's this yeah so so hood river um hood river um pretty pretty interesting documentary there for sure um all right let's move on to the player of the match mine goes to me to you for what for a goal. I gave up a goal and scored a goal on sunday oh you gave up a goal and scored a goal i wasn't playing and goal but uh-huh. um turned ball or bad turnover resulted in a goal mm. But then psyched myself back into it, score a goal right after it. So let's go. Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it up to myself as well. There you go. Uh I played on Tuesday and I haven't played in a long time. Uh with the with the high school boys and I made the kid. There you go. It was it was kind of a nice one too, because it was it wasn't like it wasn't like where I like megged them, like where I like I literally passed the ball through his legs. It was one of those that I think it's more fun is when the when you got somebody running at you and you roll it in mm-hmm. between legs and then you catch it on the other side. It was one of those. So that was kind of it's kind of fun. Yeah. My not player of the match goes out to the guy I was playing against. I don't call him charming because he was tissue soft. <laughs> yeah, like literally would dive. Like, yeah, mind you, we're playing on like a hard floor. Yeah. And would dive and like scream bloody murder. I'm like, dude, like, nobody even touched you. But then, like, me, I just stand up top and stand next to him, and he just changes me in the back. And I'm just like, dude, 
ref didn't even blow the whistle. Like I just fell on top of the ball like you should if you're gonna dive. Yeah. And they were like, oh, you didn't blow the whistle, you didn't blow the whistle. I was like, dude, like you trying to tell me like I just fell? <laughs> like <laughs> like my, my I'm not like balanced. <laughs> Should they're just falling over the all over the place? <laughs> I do. He he came and tried to post me up and then I put my hands behind my back and he just dove. Like scream bloody murder. I'm like, you had to kid me. And then tried to high kick me in the face, try to flick the ball over my head. Tries to flick the ball over my head. Um, I am smart enough to like back up. Like I see what you're trying to do. So I'm like, yeah, you're gonna try to flick it. It's just gonna you're just gonna give it to me. And then when he tries to run around me, falls and just screams bloody murder. Like, dude, there's no place in the game for this. You got too much time on your hands to be doing that. <laughs> like, yeah, everybody's trying to get to work on Monday morning, and you have yeah. like, on the floor. Like, yo, yeah. I, don't get me wrong. I wear long sleeves because, like, yo, if you don't foul me, you don't foul me. I'm gonna slide and fall. Let me get back yeah. up. But like, yo, I ain't got time to just be diving every play. Nah, man. Like, no, it's it's indoor soccer. It's supposed to be fun, not like. Like, don't get mad. I'll put the straps on you, dog. <laughs> Seatbelt. Seatbelt. There you go. Seatbelt. <laughs> yeah, charming, man. Charming. Charming. All right. On this day in soccer history, November 10th, uh, 1996. November 10th, 1996. Uh, the debut of one of my favorite all-time players, Juan Roman Riquelme, uh, makes his debut for Boca Juniors. Um. And not only that, the Bombonera, the Boca Junior Stadium, uh, gave him a standing ovation already as an 18 year old at the time. So, Juan known, I mean, he would be, he would go on to become one of the best tens ever. Um, if no one's ever seen it, look up Juan Roman Riquelme against Real Madrid, um, and just watch him just put people like. It's all about like you're trying to foul him. Like this guy with his right foot only, pretty much, uh, just takes on takes on the Galacticos. Um, so yeah, 1996. All right, the Dan Simmons Fair Play of the Week award. Um, mine's gonna go out to Jasmine Bailey. Uh, yeah. Jasmine had her uh, had her um, uh, signing day on Wednesday. Had her signing there on Wednesday, so uh, me and uh, me and the me and the big guy went over there. The old boss, well, the new boss, <laughs> old 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 boss, new boss. Good time, uh, new construction. Yeah, man. Well, and he's also technically also my boss. Technically now too, he's my old boss from before, and he's my new boss from now. Oh, you work. I didn't know you work construction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a construction worker on the side too. Um. Yeah, he's the president of the other organization that I work for. Uh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so me and him went up and um, went up to Jasmine's uh, signing day. Um, honestly, a not fair play of the week award. Um, this may seem unpopular, but I don't particularly care. To Lake Forest High School for not letting her host the signing day at Lake Forest. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's, uh, I think that's that's a shame. Um, I think that's I think that's childish to to be honest with you. Um, it's literally free publicity for your school, but some for whatever reason you chose to not let that happen. What whatever, it is what it is. Program, huh? Maybe trying to rebuild the, the culture in their program. Maybe, but but as a school, to be honest with you, like what do you have to lose? Like, so, um, so yeah, so that my my Dan Simmons fair play of the week award goes out to, to Jasmine. Who's yours? My uh, fair play of the week goes out to all the families and players that you know give me good publicity and just say great things. It's uh, honestly a good feeling when um, just people come up to you and say, Hey, you coach this kid, like, heard nothing but great things about you and from you. So, it's good to see you know that part in the pathway i've had that a couple times this week just people i mean people i know and people i don't know just come up and say great things which is which is good nice. um because sometimes because really, sometimes you just don't see the development of training and then when you go out to the games you really see the development so like sometimes you're really hard on yourself in training you really push yeah. players in training and then you go out 
you see him developing, you're like, oh, yeah, or you see him playing, you're like, oh, well, yeah, how are we working? How are we stressing <laughs> ourselves out in training? There you go. <laughs> um, so it's really good. Nice. Good stuff. So, yeah. Shout out to, uh, shout out to Chris Downer. He came through yesterday. I have a couple of his players he had in middle school last year. Nice. He was one of them. And then, yeah, my players been out here talking about some kid that was recruiting, and mom was super excited to get him back in the club. Nice. So, Good stuff. Well they're done. Coming. They're coming, Sebastian. They're coming. <laughs> I had a little bit of that moment on uh, on Wednesday night. It was nice. So, um, all right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.